You are listening to the Exploring Family Business podcast brought to you by Mazars, a resource of insights, information and knowledge sharing from family business owners, their advisors and key individuals involved in the day-to-day running of a family business. I am your host, Natalie Wright, Head of Family Business at Mazars UK and having worked extensively with family businesses for a number of years, I'm keen to support this valuable sector of our society. At Mazars, we believe there is nothing more personal than a family business. Every family and every business are unique. So we look forward to sharing a number of interviews, conversations and panel discussions with you each week as we explore what is top of the agenda for family businesses in the UK. Now on to this week's show. Hello and welcome to the eighth episode of our Exploring Family Business podcast with Mazars. I'm your host, Natalie Wright, and in the final episode of our first series, we're going to be discussing the next generation. Taking on or becoming part of the family business is a major decision, and for some, it's an even bigger challenge, not just from a business and financial perspective, but also when it comes to thinking about personal relationships with family members, both inside and outside of the business, and also colleagues. But as we see businesses move between generations and with a focus on rapid change, now largely centred around changing habits and the introduction of technology, we do expect to see more conversations taking place as family businesses consider their plans for the longer term. And many of our listeners will have been the next generation at some point, and others may be in that position now. So this week, we want to talk about the experience of taking over the reins of the family business. Today, I'm joined by Chris Black, the MD and second generation of award-winning Sound Leisure. The family-owned business is based in Leeds and is one of only two traditional jukebox manufacturers in the world. Chris, do you want to start by telling us about the business and which members of your family are currently still involved? Hello, Natalie. Yes, obviously I'm here. Uh, I've been with the business 34 years. Um, My father set the business up back in 1978, so we're in our 42nd year at the moment. I work alongside my brother, Michael, who's been with the business for about 20 years. Probably tell me off for getting that wrong. He might have been 22, but we'll we'll go with 20 for now. My eldest son also works here and my wife works here as well. So there's there's quite a lot of our family here. And we also work alongside possibly, I think there's another six or seven families within the business as well. So it's not just our family. We sort of like keeping it all in the family and employing a lot of other families as well. Obviously, the majority of our business are we're mainly known for manufacturing the classic jukeboxes that we ship all around the world. We also have a children's play division that supplies entertainment areas or distraction areas, as we call them, to mainly to the NHS, uh, supermarkets, pub chains, basically everything that's been hit by COVID over the past six or eight months. And we also then operate jukeboxes around pubs up and down the country and we have an R&D team that offer their services not only for internal developments but to external companies as well so we've got a varied workforce and a very varied work life really because we don't know what we're doing every day when we come in there's, there's always something going on in one of the divisions. Sounds like you've got lots going on now more than ever I imagine. So you mentioned that you've been in the business for 34 years, Chris. Yes. And do you want to just tell us about how you came to be involved in the business? Because I, I believe it was a bit more kind of a traditional route, I guess, in the sense that there was a family business there, there was a role available and the family wanted you to come in. But yeah. can you just yeah. tell us a bit about that? 
Well, I think to start off with, you can say that I wasn't very academic. Didn't particularly get on well with school. I was never thrown out or anything like that. I, I muddled my way through, but I had no desire once I got to 16 to do any further education. I'm more of a hands-on type of person. I actually intended becoming a painter and a decorator or going down that line. So when I'd finished my exams when I was 16, I'd obviously been, I'd known about the business all my life. My father set the business up when I was eight. And I remember going down there. I've got, well, we've got pictures around the building of me and my shorts playing in the, in the car park when it was all being set up. So I've, I've known the business from day one. And I used to work in school holidays and Saturdays. Being a family business, everybody gets thrown in, don't they? I mean, you, if, if you've seen sat down having five minutes, somebody says to you, come on, get, get yourself to work, you can be doing something. So I grew up with the business. When I'd left college or when I left school, I remember driving down York Road in Leeds with my mum and dad saying, this, I'm going to do an apprenticeship or do the painting and decorating. So my dad said, look, that's all right, but for the school holidays, I don't need you to come in. We're busy, and I want you to come and have a look at what's involved with the business. We've got woodworking, metalworking, and you can do electronics, you can do cabinet making, you name it. The sales, there's engineering, there's so much within the business. Why don't you come and work for six weeks and give us a hand and just see if there's anything you want to stay to do? 35 years later, I'm still here, and it's been a long summer holiday, really. And that was it. I've, I love every day of it. Totally enjoy what we're doing, and it's such a special business to be involved with. Very unique, as you've all already mentioned. There is always something going on. And like with any business, it's all it's not all good news. There's always there's, there's a crisis going on somewhere, with manufacturing especially, and current times at the minute, suppliers, etc. You, you're trying to bring stuff in at 100 miles an hour just to try and keep up with the demand that we've got at the moment so there's always something going on but there's a real buzz about it as well and that's what I really love and working alongside my wife Michael my dad my mum used to work here she retired when we had kids me and Kath so we could carry on working but it's something I've always probably been destined to do without knowing it and I'm pleased I was given the opportunity and uh, I really enjoy it. Can you tell us then about the experience that you had? Obviously, you came into the business and, you know, from what you've said, you, you've probably been involved in every aspect of the business as well, from, you know, sweeping up and yeah, yeah. You know, um, working, at, you know, at a, a workbench and everything. So Yeah, I think, I think in the early days, I mean, everybody in the factory who I used to work with when I first joined, we've still got a lot of the team here that were there when I first came. But they still see my most important job as the first one I had, which was the tea boy. So I, I soon learned how to make 35 cups of tea a day and what sandwiches everybody had and etc. But in between making tea, I joined the dispatch area. So it was literally packing the machines for them to go out. Then I joined the stores. Then as I became 18, I could drive and go into pubs. I joined the operating division, which is where I then learned the mechanics and literally going into the pubs and installing the machines, running all that side of the business with Ralph, who was with us then. Then progressed into sales, which the 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 operating division gave me a great grounding in that because I thoroughly understood the product. I understood the factory side because I'd worked in there. Uh, so when I was going out to, I don't know, 
Hong Kong, Singapore, Thailand, wherever we were selling to around the world, I could sit down in front of customers and understand what their issues were and how our, our machines could solve the problem or what would fit well with their locations. So that gave me a great understanding and I'm quite a firm believer that for people to work through the family business, that they do need to understand all the aspects of it because I don't know, I think it probably gives you a bit more compassion with the people are doing what you used to do. And you also know when somebody's trying to lift your leg as well <laughs> because you've done it yourself. I think it's 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 a good thing. It's not the only way to get into a business. Obviously, Michael, my brother, went to university. He came in from a different angle. He wasn't going to work for the business. He really ended up here. Uh, he did traveling and he went to Australia uh, once he'd finished university. But when he came back, once again, it was one of those family discussions that my dad sat down and said, look, really, you've got to now get on with your life. It's it's great being a player boy, but you've got to get stuck in again now. So Michael joined and he got a first degree at Sheffield University on design. So once again, for the business, it was great because Michael had an understanding of the design aspect and he was able to come in and take some pressure off my father, especially with the digital jukeboxes at that time. My dad was very mechanical, so he was used to sort of the, the old vinyl mechanisms and the early CD mechanisms. But then as we moved towards the digital machines that you were seeing in the pubs, it was a completely different mindset and just a different set of capabilities that you needed to turn to make a jukebox. It was a computer and a touchscreen, whereas my dad was springs and motors and mechanics. So it came at the right time. So that worked really well. It gave us another dimension to the to the business. Even to the day now, I mean, as I say, Michael helped develop the, the early machines for digital, which were a, a true success. We really took the world on with those. But now, obviously, we're spending more of our time on the classic machines and putting a lot more of investment into there. And that's the way we see the business heading long term because of what's going on there's there's less and less hospitality open at the moment and we think people are starting to get used to building i don't know sheds in the back garden turning the rooms into bars and pool rooms etc and obviously that fits in perfectly to what to what we've been doing for 40 years but we can now expand the range and drive that side further yeah, absolutely. And it's really interesting, actually, to listen to the real different experiences, obviously, that you and your brother have had. How did that work then, if you don't mind me asking, both from kind of a family perspective, but also a business perspective? So was there any kind of resentment that, you know, he'd been able to go out, forge a career and then come back or that you were made MD? Did it actually help you with like strategic planning? I think it's good to have people that have come from different angles, if you want, or have had different experiences. So I've not had any experience outside of sound leisure. I've, I've sort of like everything I've learned has been within the business and from the people around me in the business, whether it's my father or any of the older managers or the people that were here when I was younger. So I've I've had probably an insular experience that it's all been from sound leisure within although as i say i've seen lots of the world and we've dealt with many different countries and people and over so many different sectors it's unbelievable so i think i've got a good grounding on that side michael came from more of an academic side so he's he's got the influence of that 
So I don't think there's any animosity from either side. I probably work a little bit longer because (laughs) I'm the hands-on type of guy. But doing the stuff Michael does, he deals with the solicitors and he deals with a lot of the accounts and the R&D claims and all the stuff that would drive me insane. Probably drives Michael a bit crazy as well, but likewise, he won't want to jump on the back of a container and load that one we're, <laughs> we're stuck. So there's pluses and minuses for both sides. And at the end of the day, you, you get on with it and we're not all sort of like throwing bricks at each other in the car park at the end of the night. It's just like everybody, you have good days, you have bad days, but we're all still family and we can still go for a pint afterwards when you're allowed. So it's uh, <laughs> so yeah, I don't think there's any animosity. I think the goal is, like with anything, it's teamwork, whether it's the family or it's the directors or if it's the guys on the shop floor picking the bits or building the machines, whatever. If one of us lets the team down, we're all going down. And I think that's something that's really been highlighted over this last six months that we've had to adapt and we've had to change and we've had to innovate and we've had to move quickly over this last six months. And we've had a a great time. It's been fantastic. I mean, it's not been without its problems like everybody else. Probably drunk a bit more than I should when I've gone home on a night just to calm down. But once again, it's been fun and it's just it's shown a lot of the character of the whole team, not just the family that we've got within here over the last six months. And and that's what carries you through. And I think with the family business, especially, I think that's got to penetrate from the family all the way through the business, because sometimes you do need to lean on people a bit more than usual and ask for their help. And you can't always pay them for it. But they also know then that when the good times come back, they get rewarded. And we also like do well together or we all go down together type of thing. I think that's the spirit that we've got and that's something we've been lucky to maintain. I, I always feel like your passion always comes across so well whenever you talk about the business. It's always re- really nice to hear. And I think, you know, a couple of points that you brought up there about, you know, really working to your strengths is key, isn't it? So you, you and Michael obviously have different skill sets and knowing kind of how you can not just benefit the business, but also benefit the wider team and you know bringing your skill sets in yeah i think so because you can't be good at everything and i mean i mean gosh some of the stuff i look at that we've done over the years i mean we've punched well above our weight for a long long time and some of the people we've had in the team the it's unbelievable what they've come up with and we can't as a family have all that you've got to have experience from other areas and sectors some of the design team we've got either on the electronic side or the mechanical drawing side etc it's i mean you look at some of the guys and think why are you working here you could be doing something (laughs) really good but there's obviously something about the place that people like to come to and Obviously, I mean, the jukeboxes are cool. I mean, it's you, you can't not enjoy being involved with designing them, selling them, getting involved with the customers that are buying them. It's a fun business, and it's it's something that brings fun and enjoyment to other people. So if you, if you can't get that right, there's something wrong. And so your move to the managing director then, was that an automatic transition from your father to you? and? Can you tell us a bit more about maybe how things might have changed between you as father and son over that period as you became, I guess, leader of the business and taking it forward? And and if there was any kind of changes with how the team saw you in that? I think 
what happened is, if you know my father, he's quite a shy backroom type person. So he's not into shouting from the rooftops about what he does or what we do. It pushed me into a position, if you want, where I would be that person where I had to be the front of the business with the sales team. And with, especially with the retail sector that we were in at the time back in the early 2000s, my dad likes being in the factory. It's his toy shop. He's got 80,000 square feet that he can go in and ask anybody to build anything or develop something or work on something. So that's what he wants to do. He doesn't want to be sat in meetings. He doesn't want to be traveling up and down to London or anywhere in the world. So what it became is more initially was that I'd be the face of the business and that's what I was brought through to be so that I could get out there, see people, meet people, and then it gave me some authority when we were seeing people and I was talking to people about business. And then it's a gradual changeover. It wasn't, oh, well, on Friday, you're becoming an MD. We did it as a, a gradual process, and it, and I'm still learning now. And we still talk to other people and discuss things. And we've got the accountants here. We've, I mean, we've, we've got the people at, at your place that we hassle all the time and say, what do you think about this? And it, it's, you've just got to draw on the experience of other people as well. And as I say, it wasn't a cut off or an on and off button. It's something that's a continuous process of learning. And we're just all trying to do the best we can, really. I think that's really nice to hear, actually, you know, that honesty about you are still learning. You know, you've been in in the business 34 years and still learning is actually it's a big thing for someone to say, because we often see someone leading a business, you know, in your kind of role. And it's easy to think it just comes naturally and you just know everything and how to do it perfectly. But having that honest discussion to say, actually, I don't I might need help with whether it's leadership skills, managing people, finances, whatever it is. That's okay. And actually, that's how you get your best out of your business and your team. Yeah, and I think it's not just at my level or any of the, as I say, the family's level. It's it's throughout the business, everybody's learning. So we're all, I hate when people don't try things differently or just give something a go. During COVID, we've been manufacturing all sorts of things that I can't talk about because I'm under NDAs. But the first week we came in and we had to build X amount. Well, the first day, I think we built 26 and the target was to do 50. And the team that we had in initially, it, it drove them crazy. There was After the first day, they were like, this is impossible. We can't do all this. So we sat down at the end of the day and said, right, I'll go home. We're having a meeting in the morning. Came in the next morning. What we're going to change? How can we do it? And I walked around with them. Kath walked around with them. So, right, if we do this and we do that, we think we'll get an increase. So the second day, I think we made 35. By the end of the week, we were up to 50. And gradually, each day, we improved and improved and improved. And I think since we've done this project and then we've come back into what is what we class as our normal everyday business, it's amazing how many of that team that we're in are now looking at what they did or what they're doing now, saying, if we did it this way, we think we can save half an hour and it won't have any detriment on anything. Or if we do it this way, we can save, I don't know, 50 quid or whatever. And it's been this process of being able to sit down with people and say, look, if it goes wrong, it doesn't matter. We can go back to how we used to do it, but let's just try it. Don't be scared of trying. Nobody's going to jump on you. I hate it when people won't give things a go. And if somebody said to me, you can't do something, I'll try my utmost to prove them wrong. 
I will go 100% to prove them that I can do it or we can do it as a business because it's I don't like failure and I don't like to give up on anything. And I think that's probably my driving thing that let's just get on with it. If somebody says no, that's the worst thing you can ever say to me because it's 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 my bugbear. It should be yes. You might not know how you're going to do it, but let's just get on with it. You'll prove them wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And if we think ahead then to your children and next generation of the business, I understand your son, Alex, now works in the business. So do you mind just explaining to us how did the conversation come about um, <laughs> thinking about Alex coming in and did you have any concerns, both as a father, I guess, and as an MD of the business about bringing him in? And do you think he might have had any concerns? Yeah, I think, I mean, look, I think there's a, probably a couple of schools of thought on this one because a lot of family businesses, they will, like we've said, you need experience from outside the family. I think a family business, at the end of the day, is you're putting enough effort in and enough hours. I mean, we all work harder than we should do. We'll probably take less out than we should do. There's more to it than the money. And if you can't look after your own family, what are you doing it for at the end of the day? So Alex is a very similar person to when I, what I was when I was his age. So it, it feels a bit like a bit of a repeat. We've got a younger son as well, Edward, who's he's, oh, he's like Michael. He was like the brains. So Alex is, he'll get up, he'll work 24 hours a day, he'll go out and meet people, he'll talk to them, everybody loves him. So it was one of these things where we're thinking, really, we need to start to look after Alex a bit now and try and give him a career. He wasn't interested in school, he's a great photographer and he does photography and he gets involved with that. But we wanted to bring him in and we need, we saw a gap in the business where we needed some help, so we brought him in. What we are trying to do with him is we're putting him uh, into university on an apprenticeship course uh, in management. However, that's been put back for until January, so you try. But I think it's just one of those things where we know that I looked at it from a parent's point of view and a business point of view. If I thought it was going to come in and absolutely bomb, I couldn't have brought him in because it's not fair to everybody else in the business. I brought him in because I know he's a good lad, he's, he's caring and he's honest and he won't let customers down, which is the side that we want him to bring him into. And I think he'll do good, he's, he's, he's standing up for himself. So whether some people might say, well, you shouldn't bring family in just because it's family. But as I say, I go back to that initial thing, it's a family business. The whole business is about families and we try and look after each other, whether it's our family or the family as a whole. Absolutely. And, you know, from what you've said, it's as long as you're honest with each other about where your skills are. And actually, you know, they might be your strengths right now, but you've already said, you know, looking at a management um, degree for him. So that will help him kind of create that skill set as well from quite an early stage in his career. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he's 20, so he's still quite young, but he's still got the get up and go. So, and I mean, during the lockdown, he was out with me driving to Cornwall and back in a day and stuff like that when we had no team here in the early days. And it was, he's got stuck in. I'm really pleased with what he's done. And as I say, and his brother, he'll go off to university, supposedly going next year. Once again, we'll see what happens. But Edward will go out and forge his own route. And if he does, that's great. And if he wants to come into the business at a later stage, even better. If he doesn't, fine, he can go do what he wants to do. So it's not just because you're born. It's not like 
royalty you don't have to be in it well you don't anyway now obviously <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, it's it's just a journey for everybody and uh, they can they can choose what they want to do really definitely and I, I know this will you know differ from sector to sector but what specific skills can you see that the next generation can bring in which will actually be able to help family businesses now over the longer term it is a difficult one that because i mean really the skills if you look at what alex is doing which is management which wants to put him in down that line just so he gets an understanding but we're also keeping him on the shop floor at the moment so he's getting both aspects of what's going on but i think there's so much going on i mean wow it's, this year's probably uh, it's been like i don't know where it's gone this year it's been like a light year obviously anything to do with the web side of the business is massive so that's growing we're just currently updating all the website but i think moving forward i don't think there's going to be a great deal of difference when you're manufacturing it may be there'll be more machinery involved so i'm sure there'll be a, a lot more automation coming into businesses but to me anything to do with business is common sense and as long as you've got that as a basic starting point you you stand a chance because you can have whatever qualification or background you can come from wherever but if you haven't got common sense we might as well just not bother so from our point of view that's all i want in anybody and we can train and we can develop people to whatever the role needs to be within reason so i don't think having a family business is any difference to having a, a corporate business in that sense because as i say if you haven't got the common sense and the get up and go to do it it's it's out of the window anyway you might as well not bother absolutely and you'll have no doubt certainly seen a lot over the last 34 years working in manufacturing especially so i imagine there's been some real highs and lows this year you know it has been unprecedented for many reasons and we're kind of hearing two schools of thought around the next generation so First of all, you know, the next generation, they're wanting to potentially accelerate and move into a business or leadership role, really to give new thinking, new, provide new skills, help a, a more traditional business, I guess, transform and be ready for whatever this new world is that everyone's talking about. And then the other side of it is that actually the next generation might decide against moving into a family business because they see the stress, the strain, you know, they're, they're working very long hours. <laughs> All that added to it. And I guess, you know, that might have created some negative perspective from, from both a financial and personal relationship side. But what are your thoughts and what advice could you offer to family businesses who are now starting to think about the next generation and introducing them in the midst of a pandemic? Oh, wow. Uh, just a small one then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think at the end of the day, if you're working for yourself and being in a family business that's what you're doing i would much rather be doing what i am doing now in all honesty and without trying to upset anybody working for ourselves and for anybody else because you're in charge of your own destiny if it all goes wrong yeah it all goes wrong but at the end of the day that's the same in any business i, I don't see any difference between it because you can work for a multinational it can go down and there'll be a lot more pain than there will be or as much pain as there will be if you're if a family business goes down. The only downside is you all lose at once. I would never talk anybody out of going into a family business. I think it's I've I've loved my career. My father has. He's been in. I mean, he's been here. Uh, 
42 years and he's still here. He's 65, still comes in every day, looks a bit more frazzled than he used to do now and again, if, if anything kicks off. But we try and protect him from that. And it, it's, it's probably not a choice that we ever thought about. It was something that happened and I stumbled into it, if you want. Alex will probably, he'll do the same if he wants to stay. I'm sure he will. I'm sure Michael's the same. And I think most people you speak to, I know some people go off to university as a plan that then they will come back into the business. I speak to a lot of people in family businesses, uh, second generation that disappeared and then actually thought, well, I'm missing it. Been to university, gone and worked for somebody else. But then they seem to migrate the way back. A lot of them will say that they did it intentionally, but I think a lot of the time they miss the feel of the family business. I think that's what it is. I mean, wherever you are, whether it's family business or not, you've got to go where your heart is. There's no point me saying to any of my kids, right, you're coming in here and, I don't know, tying them to the back of the car and dragging them in every morning. They don't want to be here like any other member of the team. They're not going to be here or they're not going to perform or you're not going to get the best out of them. And what you want is when everybody walks through that door at seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning, you want them to be up and ready for the today's fight, which is what we're all in, and win the game or win the match that day and beyond. So that's all I want. And that's, I think, anybody who's thinking about going into a family business, the nice thing is you can really get stuck in and you can, some days when you're having a bad day, you think, well, we're doing this for ourselves and the family. And that gives you that extra bit of energy that you need when sometimes you are flat and <laughs> you're done for. I think that's a great reply, actually. And, you know, it, purpose is really key to it, isn't it? If if you know what your purpose is and the purpose of the business and you're invested in that, it's, you know, that that's probably the right path for you. Yeah, I think so. And it's, it's probably about what you're manufacturing as well. I mean, the nice thing with what I do personally in the business is that I'm still involved with sales as well and the amount of messages we get from customers that are giving you feedback and thank you letters and emails and it's the type of product where people talk to us we've got Facebook accounts and we're getting banter all the day from people and we had even last night we just pulled a machine from a lady who bought a machine two years ago from us uh, she's French she's moving back to Paris and she can't take a jukebox and she's rung me up in tears asking me to take the machine back off her but she really wants to take it with her I'm getting text off her till 10 o'clock last night telling me how upset she was that we'd have to take it back and where are our dealers in Paris because when she moves there she'll try and get one of our slimwear models and that's what it is because that on an evening then all right sometimes you think oh well I'm at home but having that connection with our customers that I have sometimes when you're having a bad day or not every day is rosy but that then when you sat at home and you get a ping on your phone and it's one of your customers saying oh Chris this is brilliant or I'm going to really miss this or there's something happening it gives you that buzz again where you think oh well this is great this is what it's about this is it's not just building some soulless thing we're actually getting involved with people's lives and becoming part of their lives and part of their journey. So I think you probably get that in any other business if you're selling something similar or you, you get that interaction. But for me, with a family business, that's what makes the difference that I've got that touching point with the end user as well. And I know what goes through getting it from a tree to looking like one of these machines behind me. 
the enjoyment that it's then bringing. You get that second sector uh, of, of the of the process, if you want. Great reminder that, you know, if you love what you do, then that's where you want to be. So if we just finally then, and this is probably the, the most taboo question, but I think it's something we do hear a lot about when we speak to families who are in business together. And it's something that a lot of individuals do genuinely struggle with. So you're in business with your father, your wife, your brother, your son. There must have been points at which when managing the, those personal relationships and dynamics has been difficult at times. But it's not a corporate environment. You know, you, you can't easily go home, close the door, forget about a crossword or disagreement. So as a family, how, how have you managed conflict in the past? We just don't talk. It's <laughs> going to no. have the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, look, I think luckily me and Kath have got a great marriage. So we, we literally, we, we don't see each other in the building. She's downstairs, I'm upstairs. So that doesn't give us much grief at, at work or at home. Alex is in the other end of the building. So I'll speak to him maybe two or three times a day, if that. He's 20 when he comes home. We hardly see him anyway. He's out with his girlfriend all the time. So me and my dad, great. I mean, not only do we work together, I only live three doors away from him as well, so him and my mum. So we are probably a bit strange that we don't have the big bust-ups that everybody expects that you have. Yeah, as I say, everybody has a bad day now and again. Probably with it being a family business, there's a bit more swearing that they'd normally be around the boardroom table sometimes. But it is very far uh, i mean it's i can't remember the last time anybody had a bad word and it is just literally we just come in get on with the job and just try and do the best we can and it's uh, i know you can have businesses where everybody's throwing chairs at each other and things like this that's not what we do it's uh we're all chilled and relaxed we've got music to listen to all day long so we're, we're okay <laughs> That sounds good. Um, so, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you. And I, I really appreciate you sharing your um, experience and thoughts. And it's not always easy when we're talking about business and family. I've been lucky enough to get a tour around the site. So I, I've seen what goes on behind the scenes. And it, it really is truly incredible to see the level of craftsmanship that goes into each of the jukeboxes. And I appreciate tours of the site probably aren't happening at the moment but where can people find more about you the jukeboxes the, the rest of the business right well if you go on to soundleisure.com which is our web page it's split into different sections so we have the section for the operating side the digital side but and, and the classic jukeboxes are classicjukeboxes.co.uk we do do tours still in fact there's a customer coming in this afternoon so I'll be walking around like uh, an astronaut when we finish bagging him up to walk around the factory, but he'll, <laughs> he's going to have a look at a jukebox. And we're doing quite a lot of work with the schools and local UTC as well. So we're looking at doing virtual tours around the factory as well. So we do virtual tours of the machines. So we set machines up. So that's something we did bring in with COVID where people didn't want to travel. So we just set a machine up in the showroom and run through it with them like we are on here and it's it's worked extremely well so yeah we're we're, we're still open for business and uh, we're very socially distanced we can do it here or remotely and we're always pleased to see people and show them what we do that's great thanks chris and i'll provide some details in the show notes 
So that brings our eighth and final episode of the Exploring Family Business podcast with Mazars to a close. If any of our listeners have any questions about succession or engaging the next generation, please do get in touch. This can be a process that can make or break both a business and potentially a family. So planning ahead for a smooth transition and open communication are key. I would like to say thank you for listening to our first series. We hope you've enjoyed the content and that you've been able to take away some action points to help you achieve your goals in your own family business. If you enjoyed the series, please leave us a review on iTunes. It will help us to extend our reach to support the family business community. Thank you for listening.